It's the next level. No shots. Nobody mentioned the guy with her. <laughs> Dumbass. You're so far over your head you can't even see the light. <laughs> Panels to Pixels, The Punisher Season 2, Episodes 1 and 2 Review. Welcome back to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And here we are. We're going back to the well. We're actually going back to the first thing we podcasted about, which was Punisher. So now we're on to season two. Yeah, and before we before we get to season two, let me give everybody a quick recap of season one in case you, you don't remember. Just real quick, at the beginning of season one, we have the Punisher hiding out as Pete Castiglione, a mild-mannered construction worker. Uh, he tries to help out a friend, and he's pulled back into the world of the Punisher. He begins hunting down the men who he thinks killed his wife and children. He discovers that the conspiracy was much more far-reaching than even he knew. By the end of season one, his best friend has been revealed as the men who orchestrated the killings. The Punisher is reborn, getting hinge on Billy Russo. Clean record and told to fade away. But we knew that would not last very long. And so we get to episode one of season two, entitled Roadhouse Blues. The uh, cold open, which is kind of cool, opens with Frank and he's driving his van and he's being chased. There's some girl in the passenger seat with him and uh, they they have a little battle there. And after the credits, we see Frank in a bar. And obviously, this is earlier than what we saw in the cold open. So Frank, uh, you know, Frank, he just can't stay out of trouble. The girl makes a phone call to a bad man about some photographs and uh, Frank hooks up with a female bartender. The bad guys show up at the bar, and the season is off and running. We get back to the beginning of the episode at the end. Yeah, definitely. It actually starting off really good. Yeah. Yeah, a real strong first first episode, I thought, and uh, with that same kind of – the only thing we lacked in this episode, and I'm assuming at some point we'll get it in the season, is him wearing the Punisher uniform outfit, you know, with the skull on it, so – yeah, very similar to what Daredevil did with season one on theirs, but in this case, it's him going back to the well or going back to what he knew. Yeah. And how yeah. to take care of things. So we should get to our top fives. Yeah. So why don't you start us off? I will. And, and my, my top five starts with Shooter Jennings and his music. If you know much about uh, Shooter Jennings, he is the son of Waylon Jennings. Uh, he's an often guest on a podcast that I really like called Doug Loves Movies. And uh, he just – I really loved the the blend of – it's not really country, but it's not really rock and roll. It's got some bluesy in it, you know, and it's uh, it's just really good. I really like the, the Shooter Jennings type of music to the point where I'm going to – 
to have to seek some of that out and, and get it on my uh, uh, in my my playlist. Yeah, I actually do enjoy Shooter Jennings. Uh, I loved Waylon Jennings. Yeah, you know, who didn't love the theme music to the Dukes of Hazard? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he was the uh, the bass player for Buddy Holly back in the day. If you didn't know that, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So that would lead me to my top five, which would be the bar scene at the beginning and how it is the calm before the storm with really good old country music. (laughs) (laughs) Frank being Frank and coming to a person's aid when in need of help. You can tell Frank was very fond of that bartender, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting... It's kind of almost a a tag. It's almost like it, it doesn't... Almost just to establish us... Or a, a reminder, and I've got uh, some more things about Frank, kind of his code later on, but it, it kind of reminds us of who Frank was from the beginning is he's been this protector. And so he sees this bartender in trouble. This guy is is hassling her. And then when the, the bouncer kind of comes over, the bartender has to tell him, no, no, he's okay. It's the other guy you got to get rid of. So yeah, that was a really good scene to kind of establish and set up what's going on. I, I loved it, and I enjoyed it. My number four is uh, when the girl – and we don't learn her name till later. Uh, maybe it might be the second episode, actually, when we actually learn her name. She she goes to the you – know, she's in the bar, and she goes and she calls uh, this Russian guy, and he's being tortured by Josh Stewart's character. I love Josh Stewart. He's played a recurring character on the TV show uh, Criminal Minds, and uh, so I really like that guy. And uh, the, the character he plays on – or yeah, I guess he still plays him actually on criminal minds is really very different from what we have here in in the punisher because he's kind of a he's uh, like a local cop he's a new orleans when the the show criminal minds started he's like a new orleans cop who kind of transfers into i think the marshal service or something like that but he's he's got that kind of slow drawl uh southern kind of thing and in this you know apparently he's the big bad guy and at the end of the episode he finds why uh frank's wife's ring the one that he wears around his neck he finds that and of course the inscription says uh, has frank's name in it and so he knows he doesn't know maybe the punisher yet but he knows when when the girl later when the girl says pete or i think the bartender tells tells him that the guy's name was pete he knows she's lying because he's seen that ring yeah pete constiglione yeah <laughs> <laughs> which an odd name yeah <laughs> that would lead me to my number 4 which would be the girl who called the Russians. Were they Russians? I don't know. He had a had an accent. Yeah, he had a Russian accent. So I just I think I just assumed he was Russian. The the, the closed captioning may have said Russian. I don't remember now. Hmm. But it was very odd. And he was a priest. If you we saw this. Yeah, he he had that collar. You're talking about Josh Stewart's Correct. character, or yeah, yeah, because yeah, he had that collar. Kind of, it's kind of a priest's garb, and he definitely has that that speech pattern. Yeah. Definitely, he definitely had that little twang to his voice that would indicate some sort of Russian. Yeah. Or from Ukraine area. Yeah. And there's an interesting thing there in that in that whole part when she goes, you know, she goes into the bathroom and she dumps her bag out of the window. And later in the episode, the bad guys find the bag and they find a laptop in the bag and they think that contains what they're looking for. But what we're going to find out in the next episode is that, no, the photographs they're looking for are not on that laptop. They were actually she was carrying them on her person. And Frank finds the 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 film 
little film canisters that she's got. Yeah, as soon as I saw her in the very beginning at the bar, the way she was talking to Beth and the attitude she was giving and then running to the bathroom and then with the phone call, I'm like, this is bad news. She's she's in trouble and this is not going to turn out well. And what do you think is her is her character? Because we really don't know. I mean, when we it's it's kind of ambiguous what she is because, you know, she has those lock picking things and she she picks the lock of the motel room she's kind of got a little bit of a you know an attitude about her so i i couldn't tell if she was supposed to be like a prostitute if she was supposed to be a call girl if she was supposed to be a robber or a thief i don't know i wonder if they're gonna reveal that to us as the the season progresses kind of what she really is they should you would hope. <laughs> you would hope. Uh, it'd be really weird if this is all riddled in like unknown territory of like, hey, we don't know, but I'm gonna do this. Yeah, exactly. This is like a Mad Max movie or something. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, brings us uh, to my number three, I think, and that's just uh, Frank's sixth sense for trouble. You know, he's he's at the bar and he he sees the girl, and like you said, he can kind of tell there's trouble, but then he sees those other bad guys kind of circling around and the way they're they're closing in on her and uh, i love how he's you know he's equal opportunity he'll beat up and kill the baddies whether they're male or female and uh, that whole fight scene there towards the end with janice joplin playing is is just great you know me and bobby mcgee playing <laughs> over the jukebox and we have this big fight scene going on yeah, yeah, I like that. I love the music, in, in fact, during any time I see some sort of violent action in these shows. I don't know why. Maybe it gives it some sort of theme. Mm-hmm. But uh, that would bring me to my number three, correct? Yes. Uh, that would be Frank finding some sort of happiness with Beth, even though for a moment. Mm-hmm. But you could tell that he was truly happy, even though he was giving a fake name. Yeah, and I actually I have this later on in my notes, but you know, he opens up to her and he does, you know, at first he told her his name was Pete, but then later on he does tell her that his real name is Frank and he tells her that he did some stuff that might bring some bad, you know, trouble down on her and uh, so she's kind of you could tell she's kind of leery of not wanting to get her son mixed up into that and uh, I thought I had a, again this is further down in my notes but I, I, I want to put since you mentioned the bartender here and that whole him opening up and that him finding that kind of sense of happiness is the sex scene between them seemed kind of toned down from what we had in the first season we had some pretty intense you know sex scenes with Madani and Russo in that first season and do you think is that something that is is gonna you know have they kind of softened a little bit you think from like an r kind of tv show to a more pg-13 or what do you think it's a possibility or could have been based upon the actor's requests because this is a different actress that is having sex so we don't know so they could have said, hey, I don't want to do such an intense scene. I don't want... Or they decided, with all this talk of Marvel acquiring all this stuff mm-hmm. and with all the cancellations, probably within that time. This was filmed probably long before, but regardless, it might have been in the air where they're toning it down for the fact that maybe Marvel in time will do a Punisher thing. But I don't think so. It Honestly, it might be just for the fact that it could have been the actor's mm-hmm. request or discretion. Okay. Yeah, I just thought it was, I just thought it was interesting. I, I didn't really pick up on it the first time. It wasn't until the second viewing that I was watching it that it really seemed kind of – and 
you know, so it'll be interesting to see going forward. I and mean, we did have some pretty violent scenes, but we didn't have, of course, I, I guess season one really didn't didn't ramp up the violence until right at the end when we had that really graphic scene, the fight scene between him and Billy Russo at the end of season one. So maybe we'll we'll build up to more of that intense violence and and stuff going forward. Interesting. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that brings me to my number two, which is is pretty short and sweet. Just uh, is is that very last scene. We're going to get more of it in the second episode of Madani, and she's just kind of standing over Billy Russo, and he's got that mask on, and which I'm sure we're going to talk some more about that, especially in the next episode, because there's a whole bunch more of it in the in the next episode. But just that getting that reminder of her and of what happened to Billy Russo is is really good, and uh, I'm I'm wondering. You know, of course, I haven't watched anything past these first two. I'm wondering if we're going to get if there's going to be like a separate storyline with him or if he's going to get drawn into where Frank is. Because, you know, when he uh, at the beginning, when the girl calls the guy who's being tortured, she says she's in Michigan. And then in the next episode, we're going to see that they're going to be in Ohio. So. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what what uh, happens there. What's your number two? The fight in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Those two hit ladies could hold their own in a fight, that's for sure. I knew that girl wasn't really in big trouble or just trouble in general for Frank, but, you know, Frank's caught up in some sort of mess that this girl is stuck in with these people, and now he has to be the, I guess, I don't know if you could call him a good Samaritan <laughs> but, <laughs> with Frank, <laughs> Frank Castle, but, you know, he is the Punisher, but... Obviously, he's going to do what he needs to do to help somebody. Yeah, I uh, that scene in the bathroom is is really. And I may have I don't know if I've got that in my notes or if I get one of those. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I've got the quote actually in my notes, but uh, I'll say it here now. Is one of the one of the 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 girls uh, says to him, "You're so far over your head, you can't even see the light." When she's looking at Frank and he's wrapping his 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 uh, belt around his arm as they've all pulled on, I'm just like, "Oh, you don't know what's about to happen to you." and uh, i i know he kills at least one of them or two of them i think one of the girls survives but uh yeah that that was a that was an intense fight all right and that would lead us to your number one my number one which is uh i i just my excitement over the fact that this show is back and i i love i totally agree with frank at the end of the episode when the girl asks him is there going to be more of them and frank's answer is i hope so we get that you know the punisher is back i I just love that uh that oh i hope so because you can see that he he's he's had to repress this this desire and this violence in him for so long and now he gets to to lash it out again yeah definitely he's coming back my number one would be madani at the end looking over billy russo while drinking whiskey from a flask i forgot really about foreshadowing that. yeah i forgot it, about the flask is this something that's disaster in the wings to come is billy russo coming back with a vengeance what is his deal and we didn't she we she didn't do that in the first season right that's something that's developed now in this time in between the seasons where she's developed this kind of drinking and and i i wonder if that's going to become if that's if that's going to play into future episodes, if we're going to see something about that, that that that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, we I think it moves on into the next episode too as well. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that when we get to episode two. Yeah, yeah. What's uh, do you have some quotes there that you liked? Yeah, I have. Uh, I think I have a couple. When Frank meets Beth's son Rex, Frank says, 
I'm just a stranger, Rex. For all you know, I can be a Rangers fan. And then Rex turns around and says, are you? And Frank says reluctantly, yes. And Rex goes, your team sucks. <laughs> Frank's like, yeah, they do. <laughs> then he gives him a little laugh. But yeah, uh, uh, coming from a Rangers fan here, yeah. <laughs> they do suck. <laughs> I haven't followed hockey in a long time, but uh, um, yeah, I had one, uh, a couple more here um, that when, when they're in bed together, when he's with Beth, uh, you know, she says that could be a line, but I believe you. And we just get that, that very, it's a very sweet and, you know, maybe that's why it seemed toned down to me, but it's just a very sweet scene between them. And, and we get that chance to see, or at least you get a, a thought of that Frank could, you know, have something special here that, of course, it ends up getting taken away in the next episode. Yeah. And the only other thing I have would be Frank saying when he's asked, who is he? He goes, yeah, I, I think it was the girl in uh, in the bathroom. And he goes, I'm just some asshole that can't stay out of trouble. <laughs> yeah, and, and very similar to when uh, the Josh Stewart's character, John Pilgrim, is what he's called when he's in that that bar after and he's just surveying the violence and they're talking about the, the girl is kind of telling him what happened. He says, this is someone's dog let off the leash. So I thought that was kind of an interesting way of putting it. Yeah. Let's see. I think all of my notes have been covered. Yeah, I only had a little bit like saying – you know, I like the country music at the bar. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge country fan, but I liked it because it was like any other bar in Little Town, USA. Yeah. You know, you know, it's something that could happen anywhere. It could have looked like just a regular barroom scuffle, but this is Frank Castle. This is the Punisher, and something was happening, and he had to get himself involved. So obviously, yeah, and that went that, that way. That poor bouncer, you know, he was he he was really holding his own for a little bit. In fact, he killed, he broke one of the guy's necks. Yep. You know, there at the end, but then of course he gets all shot up and and he gets stabbed, and uh, so yeah, the, the poor bouncer did not uh, did not come off well, even though he he held his own pretty well so we we didn't have any specific feedback for episode one so i moved all the feedback will be after we uh, talk about episode two yeah so if anybody else wants to send feedback just do that to our facebook page we always will read it absolutely so uh we've got it a bunch we'll do that at the very end of this fight or flight is episode is the name of episode two and uh, we kind of have a very similar cold open to what we had in the last one it's just, it opens with frank driving and the girl is is riding in the van except now we you know we can see that he's really tired so they they stop at this hotel uh we learn that her name is rachel and frank tells her to call him Pete, she lies to him about not knowing what's going on, but uh, Frank still ties her up uh, while he tries to tries to sleep. And uh, that cold open was about fourteen minutes long. Uh, I thought that was that was a, a really long. I know we've had some long cold opens here, but that fourteen minutes seemed, you know, that's a quarter of the episode or more than a quarter of the episode. Then uh, we come back after the credits and we see Billy and Madani in the hospital. The the bad guy uh, visits Beth in the hospital. Frank and Rachel talk in the motel room, and we'll probably have some of that in our top fives. I'm thinking. We see Billy with his therapist, and we see that Billy's been having these kind of nightmares and bad dreams, and his therapist is trying to pull out of him what happened, but he can't remember. Then uh, towards the end, the bad guys find Frank. They attack the hotel. The police take Frank and Rachel into custody and one female bad guy. And then Frank reaches out to Madani, but she hangs up on him and tells him, don't call her anymore. <laughs> Gotta love that. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm calling for help. No, no, sorry. No, you just said that's a one-time thing, Frank. It's it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is your one-time get-out-of-jail-free card. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Uh, On to our top five. Yeah. What is yours? Uh, When Rachel was sent in to get the room for the night and, and the argument of what day it is and the fact that she has bloody money to pay for it. The look in the motel worker gives her when taking the money is priceless. <laughs> yeah, and I actually, I had this same thing as my, as my number five as well, and, and I didn't even think about the fact that, you know, she doesn't even bat an eyelash to the, she just kind of looks at the, the bloody money and just kind of uses it, and I'm kind of like, what are you going to do? You can't take that to a bank. You know, you're going to have to wash, you're going to have to do something with that, and I guess you can wash, you know, you can actually wash the money or get the blood off. It just seemed, it just seemed a weird kind of thing that, that uh, you know, this isn't the kind of motel that rents by the hour but she's still obviously she's seen some shady things because like i said she didn't even bat an eyelash to the fact that we had this all these crumpled up bills that were bloody and that whole idea about what did she say (laughs) oh then she argues with frank later about renting the other room you know Mm -hmm. but she you know uh, frank wants to rent the the room that's right there up against theirs and she argues that it's a twin, so you're going to have to pay for two. But she didn't say anything to, that to the girl when she rented her a room that had twins in it. So the rules seem kind of arbitrary. And I think I've got later. But when did this girl get get off shift? Because you know she tells the girl, she says, "Well, if you if you come, the girl says, well, this is today. Look, the sun is up." And she's like, "No, it's still last night because I'm on shift. Not it doesn't start the next day until after I get off my shift." Well, then Frank comes to her in the room and she's there again, the same woman. So it just, <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe she's a Bates. Maybe she has a house beyond the yeah. hotel. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we had the same number five. So what is your number four? Well, Frank's ass surgery. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> I was looking down to see. You know, I, I've got it in my notes, but I'm going to read it now because it's so good. When when she's doing that, helping him out, the girl says, is this like normal behavior for you, getting shot, I mean? And he says, not in the ass. First time for that. <laughs> so, um, well, you got some nudity. It's exactly. you know, John Bernthal's butt. <laughs> um. <laughs> So my number four is uh, is Frank's code uh, again. Uh, you know, we've talked we talked about this in, in the first season a little bit of what his code was. But he tells Rachel that uh, if if she had been a man, he wouldn't have helped her out. But she can also see that he enjoyed doing fighting and beating those those people up and stuff. And I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I'll I'll put that out there to you and maybe to the the listeners if they want to comment. What do you think if it had been a man who was being assaulted? Or those people were were scoping in on. Do you think Frank would have just disregarded it, or do you think he would have jumped in? Well, I would think he would jump in. I, I was w- that's just his code. I think because it was a woman, probably young. Did he have a young daughter? I can't recall. Yeah, he had a daughter and a son, so much younger than this girl. But but in in regards to that, this is years later. I I'm assuming so. You would think, all right, he's seeing her 
in the same light he would his own daughter. I hadn't thought about that, but I guess I could kind of see that part of it. But I just – it was one of those things that I thought that you know if he was in a bar and he saw the ba- bad guys scoping out, even if it was a male – they were they were scoping out to assault. I think he still would have jumped in uh, to help as well. So. All right. What is your number three? My number three would be Billy not knowing things. Hiding behind a mask. He mm-hmm. says his face hurts. But what mask is he playing at this point? The one on his face or the one inside? He knows some things that have happened to him and has had nightmares about the Punisher's skull. Because we see it and it's very... I thought it was pretty cool with the uh, the effects that they did with the uh, the dreams and everything that he's been having. But he doesn't remember Madani. There is something up with Dr. Jaman, I think her name is. Yeah, I didn't look up her name. Something weird about her. The Jigsaw is coming to play with the doctor's help because everything was revolved like we're trying to rebuild this Jigsaw of a man, is what the doctor states, and... It's very odd because it sounds to me like she's creating a villain, and who knows if she has any sort of ulterior motives herself. That's interesting, and I actually had the same I had the same thing as my as my number three is that Billy, you know, he's a much much different character this season than he was last season because he was so confident, he had so much to where he was in control of everything last season, and. You know, whether we believe or not, and obviously Madani doesn't believe that she thinks he's faking this whole not memorying, not being able to remember anything. And uh, but, you know, what is with that with that mask? You know, he lifts it up to drink from the cup when the the doctor gives him a cup of water. But, you know, it just seems like a weird it. I think I'm starting to lean more towards what you're saying, that maybe she is. Uh, almost inventing a bad guy here because why would you give him a mask like that you know why wouldn't you give if you're if you're gonna give him a mask to hide his face wouldn't you give him just like a plain mask or something that's like just you know a face or or no with no no real features on it why would you give a guy with a cut up face a mask that has like cuts and stitches and and you know weird colors and almost like a clown kind of uh, makeup kind of not a clown but kind of like that why would you give him that kind of mask if you're not grooming him for some sort of you know future i don't know i mean what do you think yeah it's kind of weird but i think that mask was probably clean before she gave it to him and it kind of reminded me of the mask in vanilla sky and uh, if you remember that movie mm-hmm. and then there's another movie that i'll segue to there's a George Romero movie called Bruiser where everybody wears masks and, you know, basically this guy puts on his mask and does all these things to get vengeance on people, but it's so affixed to his face, so he doesn't color it a market or anything, but it leaves him blank to the world, and it's really odd. But with Vanilla Sky, he kept it on to, it was like a healing mask or something, mm-hmm. but he hid behind it while he was in trial. And it kind of gave me, uh, it reminded me of that in some respect. But I don't know if it has any correlation with the the show or anything. Yeah, the only difference is is like like you said, the the mask in Vanilla Sky was a, a clean a clean mask. There was no marks on it. It was just a blank face. Right. You know, and whereas this one, so maybe he's marked it up. I hope we get, and I think there's actually some feedback about this in in the feedbacks. Um, it just 
it just confuses me. And if they don't give us some sort of explanation of where that mask came from, I think we're gonna we're gonna end the season with a very a puzzled <laughs> a jigsaw. <laughs> yeah. kind of sense of it because like you said I, I guess it's possible that that he could have marked it up maybe there was some sort of therapy thing where she gave him a plain mask and said here you know decorate, decorate yeah decorate this mask and then he chose to decorate so maybe we'll get a flashback of that at some point of him decorating the mask in that way that would make some sort of sense at least about why he has it and why she doesn't really bat an eyelash at it. So yeah. Yeah. The fiend without a face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that brings us to your number two. Yeah. That would be the way Frank used room 24's closet to get into the other room that they rented. You know, basically he went nuts and you were talking about, I, or did you put that in your notes? But you basically he just smashes it out and Rachel's looking at him like, what are you doing? You know, is this how you vent your frustration? Yeah. I've never saw this before. Yeah. What's with the new was, crazy? That's what she says. What's with yeah. the new crazy? Yeah, there was a reason for him mm-hmm. with the closet wall smashing, and it was to give them access to the other room. Because I guess he knew or figured out they're going to go into the first room that they rented, which was already listed, from her. And that way he could attack those who are attacking them. Yeah, so so I'm thinking some more about it as you're saying that I was thinking about it, and and it confused me because okay, so when the uh, when John Pilgrim talks to Beth in the hospital, he finally starts to threaten. Yeah, he threatens her kid and her, the people, and she reveals to him that 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 uh, Frank had told her his name was Pete. Then they go to. The hotel, the first hotel that he was at, the one near the bar, and that's where they get the Pete Castiglione name because remember that little guy who's with him, his man in the chair with the glasses, figured out that this guy's name was Pete Castiglione. And so then they're searching for that, and they find this motel in Ohio where Pete uh, Castiglione. Now, in that whole during that whole time, the other bad guys, the ones who work for him, have also discovered the motel by tracking the van. Okay, and that's but then when they attack Frank in the motel room, and I had to back it up. I think I backed it up like three times to watch that scene because it's still not exactly clear how he survived because they come in you know they shoot the bed but then they start shooting the walls and they shoot up that closet and then the next the very next scene frank bursts out of that closet and just shoots three of them two or three it's a confusing thing about how many of the bad guys are there in that room because there's four of them outside and then and then there's a fifth guy with the sniper rifle in the truck so there's basically five of them, but when he shoots them inside the room, there's only three. And so there's a fourth one, I think the, the girl who got away somehow, yeah. and then 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 he gets to the guy with the sniper rifle and kills him. It just – it was a really confusing scene. Like I said, I had to back it up two or three times to really understand all of that combat that was going on there, but it was uh, there was definitely a, a lot of of shooting and killing and and uh, back and forth there, and he definitely was using that room for cover 
to try to kind of hide out in it. You know, and then, of course, the very last scene that we get is the fact that, um, well, I guess the the John Pilgrim didn't didn't find the hotel room, the motel that he was in. He found it when the cops were searching for when the when the cops ran his uh, fingerprints and they found which matched up to Pete Castiglione. Mm. Uh, it was just was a confusing thing. Yeah. <laughs> My number two is, uh, and I think we've, we've kind of already talked about it, but just to, to revisit it a little bit is, you know, Mondani believing that Russo is faking it, but then she has that, that kind of not dinner with, uh, the, the Ravi guy. And we, we find out, cause I think I asked the question in the first season, cause it's not really clear. It does. We don't think the Ravi, her superior, is her father, but he's definitely a father type figure. Right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, it, it told us a lot in that, that brief conversation they have. We find out that she's been promoted because of what, uh, happened. I'm assuming because of this, the stuff with Russo and everything, she was able to get promoted, but now she's kind of that promotion and her job is kind of in jeopardy because of all these visits to the hospital and the people complaining about her going to the hospital and, and kind of challenging Russo. And, you know, she kind of talked badly to the, to the doctor as well a few times, cause she doesn't believe what he's saying is true. And that Ravi guy actually mentioned something about, Hey, maybe we should let Castle do his work, meaning kill Russo. Yeah. Yeah. It he- would have been better for Madani. Yeah, he does. He does kind of say, you know, almost wish that that he had finished the job there in, you know, and and so, yeah, it's it's uh, interesting to see what uh, what going forward, what more we're going to get with that. If we're going to get much more, I'm not sure. Yeah. So what was your number one? That final scene with Frank calling Madani at the precinct. Now Pete Constiglione has a record since they booked him. Mm-hmm. And Madani's not going to come out to go help out Frank Castle. And he's stuck in some sort of sheriff's office. Where is it? In Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, Ohio. <laughs> yeah. And he's stuck with Rachel. And who knows what impending doom is coming their way from all these people that are coming after them. Yeah, this was actually my number one as well. Was that whole final scene with, you know, when the doctor is is uh, is kind of treating uh, the girl's wound that you know Frank shot her in the leg, and the doctor says something like, and I didn't put this in my notes. The doctor says something like, "The guy is either really good or really lucky," and then she says, "I think I'm leaning. I know which way I'm leaning," and I I took that to mean that she realized that there's more to this guy. Then he's he's not just some random, you know, not some random dude. And she tries to convince the sheriff to have the state police deal with it. But the sheriff, he's not having any of that. He's like, no, no, this is our town. This is my my jurisdiction. I'm going to I'm going to take care of this. And but of course, the last thing we see is John Pilgrim, the bad guy sitting outside the police station. And he found that because his little partner guy with the glasses, you know, when they ran his, ran Pete's prints or they ran Frank's prints, which now link to Pete Castiglione, which was another confusing thing for me because I thought at the end of season one, they gave him back the name Frank Castle with a, cl- mm. a clean record. But I guess, did they make him Pete Castiglione with a, a clean record? Is yes. that okay? So I, I was confused. I was confused by that. So so now Pete Castiglione is now in the system as having been arrested in Ohio for this. Now we don't know what's going to happen. 
going forward. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the bad guys are going to attack this police station. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, when they first went there and started, we started to see this and we saw the doctor kind of taking care of the, the, the bad guy, the female bad guy there in the, it, you know, in the police station. I was like, are the cops in on this? Why wouldn't they take him to a hospital? But then she says something like, you know, the nearest hospital is 45 minutes away and they're just going to call me anyway. So mm-hmm. apparently wherever they're at is so rural that there's only one hospital and there's basically only one doctor at that time of night that would be able to do surgery yeah in the area so that's that's what i took to understand when when the doctor said you know they're going to call me anyway to come in to do this surgery on you Hmm. and keep in mind people the next episode i love i already watched and i want you guys to watch the movie assault on precinct 13 because it gave me all that vibe throughout the whole episode i'm looking forward to that i may watch that tonight I would recommend that to everybody. Just watch that movie, and uh, I would watch the John Carpenter one because that's really where I get this from. You saw where I was going with that question because I I have both. I have both of them, the John Carpenter version and the Ethan Hawke uh, version of it uh which are is it lawrence fishburne and ethan hawk yes. in the yeah in the, the the remake which is pretty good but i i'm with you the uh the original john carpenter one uh although <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't hold up really well because it's definitely a 70s movie um but yeah. uh but it's 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 really good so i look forward to watching that episode because i really like those movies and i like john carpenter so uh i have already given all my quotes so what were your quotes uh, my quotes would be Rachel, and it's during the butt surgery, <laughs> saying, ditch what? Because I'm a girl? I have no idea how to macrame your backside. <laughs> there was definitely some humor in this one. <laughs> definitely. I thought that was hilarious, though. When I heard that, I was like, wow, that, I, I'd expect that from any woman going, hey, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> And uh, Frank saying they died from terminal stupidity when the sheriff asked them how the people died. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. So what were your additional notes there? Uh, Additional notes would be uh, the doctor saying that Madani had head trauma and asked if she was getting help for it. Obviously, Madani has been using alcohol to help, so... So, but the thing is, it's really odd that that doctor that's helping out Billy Russo is concerned about Madani, mm-hmm. and it edges more onto my theory of what is her ulterior motive? What's going on? Is she evil? So it's weird. And well, Beth knows Greg, who is the priest that is looking for Frank and Rachel. Did Beth belong to this group? Did you? Did you, I, see? I didn't get that impression that that they knew each other because he was looking through those, those cards saying all these people love you. And then he picks up the card and he says, Oh, you have a boy and his name is Rex. You know, he got all that information from looking at the cards. So I didn't, I didn't really get the impression that they knew each other per se. Hmm. It, It seemed like he knew something about her and she knew of him that's why she was fearful of him uh, and that may be i i'm I, I just didn't pick up on that i i didn't i picked up on i just thought he was threatening that he was threatening because he was looking at the cards and he was talking about all the people that loved her so uh maybe it, there, there could be something more there I, I guess we'll see uh going forward uh yeah. i kind of i i was kind of under the impression because especially since we're going from michigan to now we're in ohio that I don't, I don't think we're going to see Beth again. Now, maybe we will. 
I don't, I don't know. And um, the fact that we see a side of Frank that we haven't seen before, we've seen his backside. <laughs> we, we talked about that a little bit, though. You already said uh, we already saw his butt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got some feedback from everybody, and they sent out their thoughts about the season so far. Do you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll read that first one. So this is from Kristen, and uh, she says, uh, we watched the first two episodes. I think this was a solid first few episodes. As soon as Frank started to feel for Beth, all I could think was that she was fucked. I'm hoping it pans out for her because I really love her character with Frank. The only question is, what is with Billy's mask? Who did it? Why? I need some sort of explanation on it because it's a bit odd. Other than that, cannot wait for this season. Love you, Kristen. Thank you so much for that. That's awesome. It's great to have uh, House Podcastka send us in the house. Back. Yes. <laughs> and our friend, Pake Allen, he sent us. It's a very good, but definitely different. It feels like they're embracing comedy and goofiness a lot more without neglecting this super dark and emotional stuff that makes Punisher so good. Plus, Ben Barnes has been even more incredible of an actor in this season. And I, I'll definitely second that. It, you know, I've only watched the first two episodes, Paik. I will definitely think Ben Barnes is is so it's so good even behind a mask that seeing this, seeing what he's playing. And then let me read. So we have a no, we had another one from Kristen that kind of covers more than just the first two episodes. She says we're only four episodes in, but I'm loving it. The story is different. The introduction of Rachel is wonderful. She's mysterious and broken. And in episode four, when we learn more about her, I finally was able to engage in her character. I look forward to that. That was my comment. Frank is his usual fantastic self. But Donnie is so angry, and I dig that. Anyone feel really confused about the feelings you have for Billy. I have to continually remind myself of what a trash bag human he is. What an incredible actor in Ben Barnes. So hard not to binge. So, so, so good. Uh, I'm with you, Kristen. It was, it was tough for me to even stick with just these first two episodes, especially, especially after seeing this, this feedback. So I'm going to have to be careful about the, the feedback going forward because uh, I am definitely, when we get done recording today, I'm going to uh, probably, watch uh, the next couple episodes at least uh, to enjoy them before uh, going forward cool so this week on comic talk i have a couple of things I'll, mm-hmm. I'll first start off with marvel now this will probably be the longer part of comic talk because uh steve and i discussed this before we started recording today so basically marvel had announced that the first black widow movie or first female hero movie which would be black widow will be rated r now i could see it going rated r but i know friends and i feel for them because they have kids that love black widow because it's in the cartoons they have black widow in the cartoons and it it should be in my opinion pg-13s that halfway point because you know she did have red on her ledger meaning that there's something going on and they brought up a lot of things about Black Widow in previous movies about how they, you know, I think they gave them hysterectomies in, in Russia for these operatives that she was part of. And how, I guess, they used sex appeal in order to get what they needed. Because you could see that little shadowing in the first Avengers film. But honestly, with the advent of having Wonder Woman come out and being such a huge 
movie and the first female of any hero to have their own film and being revered by all these little girls. Now we're coming out with a Marvel film with a hero that's female. And yes, the the character is dark in the comics. Not in the early years, but up until like maybe the mid to late 80s. And they gave more of her background and what she did and how she went about it. And in, in the MCU, they actually alluded to that about certain things of what she had to do to do her job when she was part of that espionage center. So I have mixed feelings about this. I would prefer a PG-13 film. I don't, I, they would never be able to do a PG film, obviously, but uh, a rated R is a little bit extreme. I would reserve that for Deadpool or if they decided to take Venom in their own hands, if they could, but, or Carnage. I'm on the fence at this point, but I, I really want to stay and stick next to my friends who have kids and little daughters that look up to these characters too. What do you think? Well, they're going to have the Captain Marvel movie, and I'm assuming the Captain Marvel movie is going to be PG-13. If it's not, I don't know if I, I haven't actually seen a rating on it yet. But uh, So that will actually be the first Marvel female one. So I don't know. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm under, I understand. And I guess I don't follow the, the cartoon as much, so I haven't didn't realize that Black Widow was in the, the cartoon you know, so I, I don't know. I mean, I like it's. I, I'm yeah. I don't know. I'm 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 going back and forth on it in my mind about yeah. whether uh, I prefer a rated R or a PG-13. Do you want Do you want the the movie that's going to appeal to a bigger, broader audience like Avengers is like these other you know iron man movies captain america movies the thor movies have all done or do you want an, do we want another r-rated character do we want a female deadpool type because that it almost seems like that's kind of what if they do take it that direction that that's what they're leaning towards is there maybe not a wisecracking female but they're looking at this female badass who's you know we saw her in the first Avengers movie or the second Avengers movie when she uh, attacks the 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 guy with chair when she's in the chair and she gets out of the chair and then she attacks him. So we, we've, we've kind of seen that side of her, but we haven't seen her really do anything super ultra violent like what Deadpool does. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And, and like I said, they're going to have Captain Marvel. Yeah. So um, but there's that, that is an interesting point you bring up because. You know, Wonder Woman's probably the only female in the DC. Yeah. Other than Hawkwoman and a few others are, you know. Yeah, but we haven't seen them in the in the movies yet. And so really Marvel and really Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, and was there any other females in the Marvel in the MCU? I don't think so. I think it's just been – well, I guess Agent Carter technically, she's not part of the MC, the, the MCU, the cinematic universe, but she was part of the television. Yeah, and they haven't uh, involved Dazzler or Spider-Woman yeah. or anything of these characters. And uh, yeah, I watched and something the recently scene. too how they didn't really want to pursue because apparently Spider-Woman was something that they really didn't think would take off and it did. In the comics, I think we'll see. I think what we'll see is is depending on how how popular and how much money Captain Marvel makes. I think that'll be that'll be their test for the 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 foray into 
female superhero movies to see how Captain Marvel does. And then if Captain Marvel does well enough, you know, we might get a chance to they might reconsider what they're going to do with Black Widow. Who knows? We'll get a She-Hulk. Possibly. That's another that's another one that we that we haven't seen in the the MCU yet. You know, maybe we'll get there's there's you know, this is spoilers. Not really. This is speculation. Spoilers about Avengers Endgame is that we may possibly see the Pepper Potts Iron Man suit. That's a different name. I guess there's a she has her own in the comic book. She has her own suit and name and a a hero kind of name. Maybe we're going to see that in in game you know maybe so we'll have another one you you mentioned uh, earlier that the disney marvel collaboration is talking about a scarlet witch tv show you know so uh that'll be that'll be interesting to see moving moving forward so it's exciting there's a lot of a lot of cool things happening for you know panels to pixels for comics to movies kind of things i mean uh john wick chapter three is about to come out here in the next few months you uh, you mentioned I saw on on our Facebook page or on one of the the Facebook messages you mentioned uh, American Gods I, I, in there. I That's actually, uh, moving on for uh, what was it Angels and Demons? I think that's on. Okay, Good Omens. Good Omens. Good Omens, Good Omens. Good Omens. Good Omens right. was right. done by Neil Gaiman, and I that's going to be coming out soon. My feeling is I would rather do a whole. Season evaluation, because usually with Amazon Prime, you get everything dropped at once. So I'd like to watch the whole season, give an idea of a whole synopsis, get our Mm -hmm. our friend Lara in on this and have her point of view and talk about it as well, because she loves Neil Gaiman as well as uh, Jamie Dimmick. So I'd like to get them in on like a a little bit of a roundtable just to discuss about the show itself. Sure. We could talk about American Gods if we wanted to. I yeah I'm I'm looking forward to Good Omens because uh, that actually is a comic book right Good Omens was a comic book or was a graphic I guess it's a graphic novel I think it's same, a graphic novel yeah, I've never same read kind it, of thing though but I'm gonna go in just seeing the show as is so, right right uh, if, whereas American Gods was a was a novel was a novel that turned into that was brought into a TV show it was a so. novel then turned into a comic book slash graphic novel and then turned okay. into a show and, okay uh, okay if if you guys really want to listen to a cool podcast, go to Podcastica and listen to uh, American Godcast because that's amazing. Uh, Jason yeah. Gabassi does it, and I, I enjoy listening to it. Uh, the first season was amazing, and we're coming up on another American God. So go out there. Just a little love to house, you know, to, to the Podcastica, Podcastica network. network. Yeah. So, yeah, that me and uh, Steve are uh, Patreons too. So, but uh, my other bit of news would be about AMC releasing Walking Dead season nine B, the mid-season premiere for this uh, this season, a week earlier, which will be dropping tomorrow for the AMC app subscribers, which I have. I pay five dollars a month, and I get that, so I'll be watching that tomorrow, uh, a week ahead of time, just so I have my notes for. Uh, you know, the Walking Dead talk there. So on Golden, which is on Golden Spiral Media, which you and Brian Malosh do. Yeah, exactly. So cool. I'll be doing that, and uh, I'll I'll be having a good time. I'm gonna have to be very quiet next Sunday 
So <laughs> not tomorrow. So, uh, but I'll, I'll keep my uh, my my words to myself and just watch it along with everybody else and our friends. It's gonna be interesting because there's gonna be. I think there's gonna be a lot of people. Not, I don't. I'm not an AMC subscriber. I I have cable, so I just watch it uh, as it comes out. So I'm not sure. But I'm, I'm betting there's going to be a lot of people who are going to get that watch that premiere early and then either uh, hopefully they'll they'll keep the spoilers to themselves. Oh, I hope so. I, I the one thing that you can't and I have to actually stress this. I'm probably going to post it on the Z head page in a little bit saying, hey, those of you watched the show tomorrow, anything, but also for the who don't want spoilers, don't look on social media for the week. Because you know, yeah. those people are just going to go nuts, and I'm not one of them. I'm not going to say a, a word about anything. So yeah, yeah, you know, I know. I'll just say, "Oh, it was great," or "I liked it." Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we got a little bit of news that you put in. Yeah, and and I, we'll probably put this in a different. <laughs> yeah, so a little bit of news. Uh, I just want to put out some love and, and give a shout out to Ben and Kristen's Lost podcast. It's called We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited. That is on uh, – it's from Podcastica and the Next Level Podcast Network. You can find it on Next Level Radio Online's website. You can also subscribe to it in iTunes if you go and just look for Lost Revisited or We Have to Go Back. You'll find that. Uh, I send them – uh, voicemail feedbacks every every week and they play those on their show and and uh get a lot of uh, a lot of love from them so i want to give them a little bit of love back that uh, check out that uh, that podcast also check out the game of thrones podcast um which is called house podcastica that's on the podcastica network Kristen does that one as well and she has different guest hosts come in each week i send them voicemail feedbacks i think i'm caught up on every episode so far uh, that i've sent them feedback for so uh, check out all those all the great podcasts on the podcast network the next level podcast on next level radio online podcast network and golden spiral media all of those are great podcast networks that have great podcasts on them. Just about anything you can imagine. If you like horror movies, if you like sci-fi, if you just like hearing people talk about pop culture stuff. But check them out. Also, if you could, if you subscribe in iTunes, give us a review. Panels to Pixels. Get us, give us a five-star review on uh, there on iTunes. The more of those we get that uh, they'll post them up and uh, we'll be able to start seeing some actual physical, more physical reviews as well. And we will read them. So hold the door or Hodor for those Game of Thrones fans out there. Uh, how do we submit our feedback? <laughs> well, if you want to submit theories and feedback, the best way to do that is to go to our Facebook group, which is on Facebook and it is www.facebook.com slash panels to pixels. That uh, that is the two spelled out panels to pixels, and uh, that's the best way. We will put a thread up there each week for the next two episodes we'll be doing, and then you can also send us an email to panels to pixels one at gmail dot com. Again, that's panels to pixels. The to is spelled out in number one at gmail.com. Those are the best ways to get a hold of us. Send us a voicemail. Send us a, a e feedback any way, shape, or form. We will play it. We will read it. And uh, even if there's typos in it, 
Google has a really great way of uh, predicting texts and correcting some of your typos. Exactly. <laughs> so you can also hear us on other areas, and he, and I believe, Steve, you mentioned that a few times. So I'm the co-host of Walking Dead Talk Through with Brian Malosh on Golden Spiral Media. We will be definitely back couple of weeks, Definitely right? Definitely in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So we, you know, obviously I'm getting it tomorrow, the first episode, but the the air the show airs the next Sunday. Uh, I think, the, was it the, the weekend of the Super Bowl? This is the weekend. The weekend we're recording this is the weekend of the Super Bowl. Uh, the show, The Walking Dead, actually returns on February 10th. And so uh, you and uh, Brian will have to decide what, because I think he's an AMC subscriber as well, so he may get it early. Um, I don't know what you guys are going to do with we're, that. We're going to do uh-huh. it so that everybody else gets their feedback. So if you guys okay. are a subscriber to Golden Spiral Media... Watch the show as it is. Obviously, the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, and obviously AMC is competing with the Super Bowl by releasing it earlier. My feeling is send us some feedback if you can. Uh, that would be the Walking Dead talk through on goldenspiralmedia.com. You could find us through Facebook. You could actually go through my, uh, goldenspiralmedia.com slash walking dead talk through and you could just submit your feedback directly to that or through our email or Twitter. So I, I would recommend doing that if you guys are uh, thorough Walking Dead fans like the rest of us. And we could also hear Steve on various podcasts. And if your person doesn't listen to a lot of podcasts, wow, you're, you're missing out. Because honestly, Steve gives a lot of thorough detail and thought into his you know thoughts on the actual shows he watches that he loves, like Game of Thrones. He does it through uh, House Podcastica. He does it through Strange Indeed. He also do it through Golden Spiral Media for Star Trek Discovery podcast. Have you done any anything for the Next Level Podcast Network? Um, just just this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're uh, the next level podcast network right now, except for the DC shows. Um, I don't think they have anything that's running live and, and getting feedback. I think the DC shows are the, the only ones that they're, that they're doing, uh, pulling out feedback. Our show and ours, of course, which is on next level radio. Yeah. And shame on me for not sending anything out to Ben. So I'm going to have to do that soon for DC primetime. Yeah, I, I have not watched those shows. I feel bad, but uh, I definitely check out. Like I said, uh, in fact, I'll, I will give a I will give a plug for one that I listened to this week that was on Next Level. As soon as I look it up here, I will give him a plug because it was a really good show about the movie The Terminator. What lurks behind Podcast Zero? So check that out on the Next Level podcast. Next Level Radio Online Podcast Network. What lurks behind Podcast Zero? So we had we have a lot to offer on the Next Level Radio Podcast Network, uh, especially on Golden Spiral Media Network as well as Podcastica. So obviously you know Podcastica Network and the Next Level Radio Podcast Network is in collaboration with Lost. We have to go back. So show some love. Show, show some love for Podcastica and show some love for the Next Level Network podcast. With that, thanks everyone for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this was Panels to Pixels. Good night. <laughs> Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>